0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Wine and Gold Talk podcast. I am your host, Hayden Grove, and as always, we are joined by our Cavaliers beat reporter at Cleveland.com, Mr. Chris Fedor. Chris, how are we doing? How's the baby? How's life Uh, covering basketball again with the the boy at home?
1: That I have to figure out. um, It's something that Holly and I have to figure out together. So it's an adjustment, but we're getting through it, and um, at least this trip to Chicago was only a two-day trip, so it wasn't a super long one, and I was able to get home to him yesterday and spend um, all of yesterday with him, so we're figuring it out. Let's put it that way.
0: Well, that's good. That's good. I know you had some definitely, you know, and, and, and rightfully so. I mean, I'm, I would certainly imagine I'd be the same way. You had some reservations about leaving him, and I certainly to, yeah. wouldn't want to do that either, so it's been a little—has it been as hard as you imagined?
1: Uh, yes, there's no doubt about that, especially because it's hard during the day, right? Because, like, sometimes he's sleeping when I'm available to FaceTime, or sometimes they're not available um, and I'm not available at the same time, or the schedules just, like, don't line up the way that you would want them to. So you just kind of have to work around that and figure it out as you go.
0: Well, the good news, I believe, is that the Cavaliers, <laughs> the Cavaliers are home. I mean... They got three in a row at home, yeah. And then they got one in Detroit. That's a quick one. Then they're home again against North. So they're not on the road again until um, February. So you got you got a couple. Uh, you got about yeah. ten days or so, which is nice. That's right. So that's that's definitely a good thing. And you know, and most of the trips coming up are not long ones on the West Coast. So that's also yep. a very good thing.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: Speaking of which, Cavaliers taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder on Saturday night, eight o'clock, NBA TV. Uh, they're coming off a loss in Chicago that you were at, Chris, and you know, like despite the uh, despite the the score, 117 to 104, Cavaliers lose. I thought that they they fought right hand in hand with the Chicago Bulls and you know yes it didn't go perfectly and yes they're nice in the NBA where that's not going to happen but I mean I think they proved they belong right up there with any of the other teams um, in the top of the East I mean they they came off a win against Brooklyn 114-107. one oh seven they're still right up there in the win column in terms of the East I think they have a couple more losses than a couple of the folks but. Um, I was I was fine with the way that they played against the, the Bulls. I mean, obviously didn't play their best basketball, but it certainly didn't like get blown out and run off the floor. I thought they were, you know, they were good enough to belong. And, uh, you know, they just got to find a way to find themselves you know, over that edge.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I have a lingering question about this Cavs team as we get into deeper of the second half of the season and, and closer to what looks like is going to be at least the playoffs like it, I guess it could still be the play in I mean their schedule really sets up well for them in the second half so it's I think it's more playoff than play in um, unless something significant happens with this group so as we get closer and closer to that Hayden I certainly have one lingering question and we'll get into that but the truth is The Cavs need games like the one the other night against Chicago. They don't need that result, obviously, but they need to play on the road, in a hostile environment, in a charged atmosphere, against an upper echelon team, in a tight game in the fourth quarter. That's invaluable experience for them. And we always talk about these rebuilding teams, Hayden, taking these steps along the way. And you can't shortcut any of these steps. And LeBron always said it when he put the big three together um, for the four title runs. He was like, we can't shortcut steps. Um, There's things that some of these guys, Kevin, Kyrie specifically, they have to learn. And the only way they can learn those things is by going through it. So this group needs to go through those kinds of matchups, those kinds of moments, in preparation for what they hope is going to be a playoff run.
0: Right. Right. It, it only makes sense. You're exactly right. I mean, that's kind of how I was, I was viewing it. Like, they needed that atmosphere. They needed that environment. And yeah, I mean, you know, a couple shots here and there, and, and this result's a little different. I mean, um, I didn't think it was anything out of the ordinary for them to lose a game like that, um, given, you know, that they stormed back a couple times and, and kept it close. But just at the end, I think Chicago was a little better. DeMar DeRozan having an MVP season, and it's tough to yeah. stop like that so um, well I mean I think
1: the other thing is Hayden to be honest with you I think they got away from what was working early on in the game and sometimes that happens right the game flow just kicks in and you start playing basketball they went into the game they had a clear size advantage Mobley against DeRozan advantage Cavs and they took advantage of that and they kept getting the ball to Evan Mobley they ran their offense through Evan Mobley but as the game started to go Um, and it was more about the rhythm of the game and and some of these cross matches that were happening throughout, I personally felt like they got away from their size advantage that they had. So they need to remember throughout the course of the game, even as the game is going on, and even as rhythm is picking up, you still have to lean on the strength that you have, and you can't get away from that. And they haven't done that very much throughout the course of this year. They have a great understanding of who they are, They understand the advantage that they have most nights is their size, and they take advantage of it. Um, But I thought in the game specifically against the Bulls after the first quarter, they went away from Evan Mobley, who was dominant in the first quarter, and they can't do that um, in those kinds of matchups. Like, you can get away with that against a team like the Thunder. You can get away with that against a shorthanded Jazz team or the San Antonio Spurs, but against the Bulls, on the road, circumstances working against you, uh, you have to stay true to who you are. And I thought that was a really, really good reminder for the Cavs.
0: Yeah, it it, it brings me back to um, to what Ty Lue said at the beginning of this when they thought this was kind of be what the, what they were going. Ty Lue, Ty Lue, yeah. Ty Lue said wins and lessons, right? Yeah. I think that I think that this game specifically was a lesson. Yes, it's a loss, and yes, it goes on the stats sheet as a loss, but. Um, but when you play a game like that in that atmosphere against the great team um, and you, and you you know, you don't win and you, you come out of it looking at, at certain things, I think you take the lessons from it. I don't think I'm not a believer in moral victories per se, um, but I think there are things you can gain from that. I think, as you, as you said, there there are definitely lessons to be had. There are uh, there's that experience that you can gain and there's the you know, you can look back at the tape and say, here's what we got to do. We got to stick with Evan. We got to stick with what we were doing well in the first half. Um And I think that that's invaluable. I think it's a valuable experience. And you can't get that every night. You're going to have games where, you know, it's, it's, a little less of an atmosphere, you're not playing a great team or whatever. You know, tomorrow night, for instance, against Oklahoma City. Yeah, I mean, being at home, every atmosphere should be great. But, um, you know, playing against Oklahoma City, they're not nearly as talented, not nearly as good. So you're not going to get that kind of experience that you might get against the Chicago Bulls team. Yeah. And uh, that's why I think that, you know, on, more so take the lesson from that Wednesday game than the loss.
1: Yeah. So one other thing stood out to me about the game, especially late in the game. hmm. And we've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks now. It becomes abundant and clear in moments like that against that caliber opponent. The Cavs need another playmaker. They need another shot creator. Way too much is falling on the shoulders of Darius Garland at this point. Played 40 minutes the other night against Chicago. In this month of January, he's averaging 36.2 minutes. Man, that's a lot. And when you... When you factor in like how much the ball is in his hands and how much responsibility he has within this offense, there's just a lot falling on him right now. I think too much, and some of that is going to be remedied when Rajon Rondo gets back from this nagging hamstring injury and the Cavs are being cautious because he's 35 years old and hamstrings are tricky to begin with, but... You know, they still need somebody. Like, they needed another playmaker shot creator when Ricky Rubio was healthy. They needed somebody to fill the Colin Sexton void. You know what I mean? Now they've lost Ricky on top of Colin. So I don't want to say that the Cavs have to be desperate to find that at the trade deadline because this is not a front office that works out of desperation. But if they don't find another playmaker shot creator to help out Darius Garland, then um, it's going to be a quick journey through the playoffs for this group. Because in a seven-game series, when it's about an opponent exploiting your weaknesses, um, and oftentimes the, the, the game comes down to, can you go out and get a bucket and create something out of nothing? The Cavs do not have enough guys
0: that can create something out of nothing. That is a great point, and that's where we will shift this conversation. We got 20 days until the NBA trade deadline, Thursday, February 10th. Um, today is the 21st of January. They got about three weeks to figure this out. And I completely agree that I think the Cavaliers will make a move. I think they kind of have to make a move. If they want to, you know, get a, a playmaker in here. We talked a little bit last week about that, about bringing in different guys and looking at different guys that may make sense. Is there any update on on the situation? And and are the Cavs just kind of still feeling it out, trying to see what would be the best fit, you know, talking to teams and, and the like?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's all about value. I think it's all about... So, obviously, if you're the Cavs and you're looking at some of the options, you think about the bigger name guys, right? Sure. Because those guys are going to have a big impact. But then the question becomes, okay... For the price that we would have to give up in order to get those guys, whether it be Karis Levert, um, Buddy Heald, uh, Jeremy Grant, like that caliber, there are tears to this thing, just mm-hmm. like there are always draft tiers, right? Mm-hmm. So that caliber player, like, is what they have to give up in order to get him, worth it, or is there somebody a tier below that can bring the things that the Cavs need? while not having them give up as much. And I think that's what the conversation is right now inside the Cavs' front office. It's about what are they
0: willing to part with. And what do you, I mean, we're still kind of on the same page in terms of, you know, the the, the big three are untouchable. Darius, Evan, Jarrett. Um, I think you could venture to say that um, that Okoro isn't untouchable, that Larry Markkinen isn't untouchable. Um, those are kind of... Did you, know, you say isn't? Isn't.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. that's a fair way to look at it. I think yeah. in the right move right. for the right player, right. yes, the Cavs would consider that. But I don't know that the right player exists out there.
0: Right. So you're saying that the starting five probably would stay the same? Or...
1: Yeah, see, it... that's like part of what they really have to consider here. Yeah. There's great chemistry in that starting five. Yep. And I don't know that they need a clear upgrade at a specific spot. Like, yes, they could get better at the shooting guard spot. There's no doubt about that. They could find somebody who defends close to the level of Isaac Okoro that gives them a little bit more on the offensive end. But those guys are costly. You know what I mean? So yeah. you have to be really, really careful about shaking it up too much and you have to focus on fit a lot. Right. And I think, One of the things is, so for example, Jeremy Grant, the report right now, and I just bring him up as a hypothetical because I don't think he makes a ton of sense for the Cavs, but they've had interest in him in the past. Um, The report surrounding him is that he wants to be the focal point of an offense. If he's going to get traded somewhere, he wants to go somewhere where he can blossom that kind of way. Well, I'm sorry, but for the Cavs, that role does not exist. That role is not available. Right, And that would shake up this team in a significant way. And I think it could have a negative effect, even though you can argue that he might be the most talented player that gets traded. It's a combination of talented fit that the Cavs have to focus on. And I think it would make more sense for them. This is just me to look at that next tier of guy like Eric Gordon, Terrence Ross. I go back and forth on Karis Levert a lot. Yeah. Um, but the next tier of guy, maybe even Buddy Healed, somebody who would come here, understand their role, accept their role, and recognize that this is still going to be the Darius Garland show, right? He's going to run the offense. Um, he's going to be the leader of this team. And nobody is going to come here to try and nudge
0: him out of that particular role. So, I mean, in, in your estimation right now, who do you think would be, if there's not a perfect fit, who do you think would be the best fit for what they need, for price, for anything?
1: Again, I keep going back and forth on Karis LeVert because the price tag, from what I understand, is pretty high. Right. And Indiana would like, and this doesn't mean that Indiana would get, You know, teams set a price all the time and they don't necessarily get it know what I mean? Like Philadelphia set a ridiculous price tag with Ben Simmons. They haven't gotten it. And it seems like they've changed that slightly because they understand that the ridiculous price tag that they set, nobody was going to meet. So Indiana wants a first round pick and a promising young player for Karis Levert. And I get asking for that because in terms of talent, in terms of impact, of the guys who could be moved at the deadline. He's near the top of that list. There's no doubt. Um, So they've set that price tag and it makes sense that they have. If that's the case, if we're looking at that from the Cavs' perspective, that means one of Colin Sexton or Isaac Okora would have to go. Right. And I don't know that I'm at a position right now where I think Karis Levert is worth a first-round pick, and either Colin Sexton, Isaac Okoro.
0: Yeah, that would be a lot. Certainly would be a lot. Um, and I I understand why you'd be bouncing back and forth. I mean, maybe maybe for Indiana it would be a situation where they get close to the deadline, get, you know, a little more hesitant or whatever, and, yeah. and want to say, oh, maybe we need to lower our price, maybe we need to get, you know, whatever. So I think it's a very fluid and interesting situation. I don't foresee anything happening in the next, you know, week or so but maybe in next two weeks as we get into february maybe it's uh it's a good time for um you know teams to start hunk- hunkering down and seeing what they really can get or can give and um and i think the cavaliers will be right there regardless of who they're i mean from
1: t- from a talent perspective like of the guys that we could go through lavert is going to be the near the top of the list right um and he can play on the ball. He can play off the ball. He gives you some size to defend on the perimeter. He saw what he did the other night in the fourth quarter against the Los Angeles Lakers. He completely took over the game. Right. They had no answers for him. So he can go out. He can get you buckets. And he's playing really, really well during this stretch. You always have to worry about the health with him. That's something that he's battled throughout the course of his career. He still is only 27. So there are benefits and there are positives. To the Cavs, taking a look at him, and um, if they were to find a deal that made sense, bringing him here. I think there are positives. It's just I wonder if Eric Gordon can give you, hypothetically, can give you enough of the similarities, um, maybe even Terrence Ross can give you enough of the similarities where you don't have to part with one of Colin Sexton or Isaac Okoro.
0: Right, right. I think that makes a lot of sense. And uh, the Cavaliers will certainly, you know, figure that out. and Kobe Altman will do so. And uh, I just can't, again, I can't foresee them not making a move. I think they'll end up with somebody. Um, and you hope that somebody is, you know, is at the right price and you're not giving up too much yeah. in, for, for what they, you know, for what they need. It's Trades are always hard, man. I, I Like, I go back to baseball a lot because baseball is a very trade-heavy sport. It's like everybody's like, oh, why can't you trade for this guy? Because it takes two to ten go in every trade. I mean, right. It's not, a, yes, the Cavaliers could love Karis Levert and want him on the team, but at the wrong price, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So- it, trades is always, always a difficult thing. It's always exciting because, you know, you got players moving and, and you got new pieces and all that stuff. And, you know, when the Cavaliers have LeBron, I feel like every year at the trade deadline, they would make a move that, you know, that really either solidified them or completely changed them. You look at yeah. Channing Frye, you look at Richard Jefferson, you look at that year with Larry Nance Jr. And Jordan Clarkson, where they kind of blew the whole thing up at, that, at the trade deadline. So um, yeah. it's fascinating, but it is difficult to kind of gauge exactly what they're going to do. What they need is Ricky Rubio. <laughs> yeah
1: well, Chris. I mean, was fine coming off the bench, could play alongside Darius Garland. Those two were great together, had enough size to defend and be a pesky defender. Um, was a great leader. was a great influence behind the scenes. That's what they need. Understood his role perfectly wasn't trying to do too much when he was out there in terms of like, oh, this is going to be my offense or, oh, this is going to be my team or, oh, I need to play this many minutes or whatever. That's what they need.
0: Well, they cannot uh, they cannot acquire Ricky Rubio because he's already on the team and he's hurt. Yeah, so yeah, uh, if mean, there was I a know, bet, know. you know, it's, it's tough. I mean, that's kind of been one of the big blows of the Cavs season. But still, they but, found a way to manage. They found a way to fight through. Uh, which I think speaks to the, you know, the culture there, the resiliency. And, um, you know, I think Ray John Rondo, once he gets back healthy, I think he can give him a little bit of a, a boost. Um, I know that you said the hamstring is kind of touch and go, but mm-hmm. I, think, I think he might not be Ricky Rubio, but he can certainly provide a little bit more than what they have now.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, like, if I'm the Cavs and I'm looking at the deadline, this is the way that I view it. My first question is, and this is where I start, what can I get? for a combination of Ricky Rubio's expiring contract because he's a salary that matches a lot of these guys that are available. Yeah. So what can I get for Ricky Rubio's expiring contract and a first round pick, a future first round pick? That's where I'm starting discussions. And if I feel comfortable with the guys like that fit that, whether it be Eric Gordon, Terrence Ross, Harrison Barnes, um, if I'm comfortable enough with those guys and what they can boost with this team, then that's the direction that I go at the trade deadline. Sure. If I don't feel comfortable with those guys that, that fit those parameters of a trade, then I consider aiming a little bit higher.
0: Sure. That makes sense. It makes complete sense. Because I think Buddy Heald would
1: be great on this team. Right. They need more shooting. They need more floor spacing, and he's just a really talented guy, and he's a young guy that is not just a short-term pickup. You know what I mean? You're then going into next year believing that you're going to have Buddy Heald, and then the following year believing that you're going to have Buddy Heald. And the same
0: thing goes for Karis LeVert. Right. But that's the thing, too, is that, you know, if these guys have a little more in their contracts in a couple of years, then that's going to be that much more expensive, but exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely fascinating. I love the trade deadline, but it is hard. It's hard to kind of, you know, to to see exactly what other teams need, but I agree with you completely. Ricky Rubio's contract plus a first, I mean, that's, that's not, that's not nothing. So, um, so definitely it would be uh, intriguing for other teams to be looking at it, but you're right. You know, a guy like Buddy Heald might, Might garner a little more uh, than that in the trade market. So we'll we'll continue to see, continue to look out for it as we move forward here. Also coming, so there are a couple
1: of other names that I've heard too, and and some of these eh, you got to be careful. But I think in the right deal, Malik Beasley could be had from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Okay, Um, Luke Kennard of the Los Angeles Clippers. That's another name to watch there. And Derek White of the San Antonio Spurs. I do not think under any circumstances the Spurs would trade DeJounte Murray. I think that's the guy that they're building it around. But Derek right. White, I think, again, he would be on the more costly rung of that ladder. Mm-hmm. But I think he could be had given where San Antonio is and where San Antonio's trying to get. Um, one other name to watch that I continue to hear, this one's a little bit tricky because he's been dealing with injuries basically since he signed with his team. Um, but given where the Hawks are right now, I think they're looking to shake some things up, and I think Bogdan Bogdanovich
0: could be had. Interesting. Interesting. That would be, I mean, great shooter, you know, another great shooter. shooter. He's played in
1: big games. He's played on big stages, um, both internationally and in the NBA last year with the Hawks. Um, He can play make a little bit. You can run offense through him for certain possessions, not the whole game, obviously. But certain possessions down the stretch, you can run them through him instead of Darius Garland.
0: I think that's a name to watch out for. All right. I like it. I like it. More names being added. I mean, we're now at like 10 to 12 names. So obviously, I don't think they're going to get. I wouldn't say they're going to grab more than one or two guys, Chris. No, I don't see foresee them getting, you know, two, three players in, at the trade deadline. Uh, yeah, I don't or, know. Two, three big contributors, I should say. Like, here, think about this.
1: If the Cavs wanted to, they could potentially try and expand the package with the Indiana Pacers. You know what I mean? So, if they're willing to part with Isaac Okoro or Colin Sexton and try and expand the package, then maybe you can get Karis LeVert and Justin Holliday. Maybe you can get Karis LeVert and Jeremy Lamb maybe you can get karis Levert and tj mcconnell
0: yeah we talked about tj mcconnell in the offseason
1: but i mean like that's something to consider when having these kinds of conversations if you're interested in lavert are there other players in indiana that you could also try and get in that same kind of deal sure if you're interested in eric gordon are there other players from the houston rockets that you're interested in to try and get in that same kind of deal. Can you bring a third team into the equation to help facilitate some things and match some salary? So, I think that's a possibility. And if the Cavs are being honest with themselves, they could use an upgrade at backup point guard. Yep. They could use another shot creator slash playmaker in the Colin Sexton-type, Ricky Rubio-type role. And you could probably upgrade the wing spot because yes, Jetty Osman has started to tail off here a little bit recently, and I think you have to be cognizant of that.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that's, I think, I think, you know, it's the regression of the mean. I don't think he's the player that he was, you know, to start the season. I mean, yeah, I think he can be, but I don't think he's that 24-7. So you're right. I think they could definitely use another wing. As you said, backup point guard, another playmaker, uh, all options on the table for the Cavaliers. When we come back, we're going to talk about the NBA All-Star game, which is coming up here in Cleveland. Of course, we got the signs already out in (laughs) Voinovich Park and elsewhere where, you know, we're starting to get they are at the airport too. at the airport baggage claim. Yep. There you go. Starting to see some signage, some marketing, looking forward to that game. Um, I believe later this week, the NBA All-Star starters will be announced. And then early in February, I think it's like February 3rd, um, the reserves will be announced. So we're getting close. Chris wrote an article. I want to talk about it. So join us on the break after the break. We will talk to you soon. Welcome back to the Wine and Gold Talk podcast. As always, we are talking with Chris Fedor. I am Hayden Grove. And I referenced before the break that Chris wrote a great article about um, the all-star candidacies of two Cavaliers specifically, because to be honest, um, I think it's going to be difficult for them to get any more. It's just, it's, it's not, it's not the way the all-star game goes. You're not going to get three, four, five guys anymore, unless you're, you know, the Cavaliers who I think at one, did the Cavaliers ever have Kyrie LeBron and and Kevin in the all-star game? I think they did once. I think once. Yes. I think it was once, but outside of that, you're not going to do it very often. So Darius Garland, Jared Allen, the um, the article is called Darius Garland, Jared, all Star, Jared Allen as All-Stars, is there room for both? And Chris kind of goes through the candidacy. So, Chris, you mentioned here that one of the assistants for the Cavs kind of went by and said, um, you know, we're going to get two All-Stars, right? And you kind of, you know, you, you went through and, and seeing, you know, player by player, will it be enough for them to get in? Um, has the Kevin Durant injury influenced this at all, or is it too— still too kind of early to 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 kind of hone in on whether these guys can make it in for sure
1: i think yes and no i think the kevin durant injury has helped jared allen and it's hurt darius garland that's just my view of this okay and it's hard to predict what the coaches are going to do with their reserves picks because that's what you have to remember when it comes to the all-star starters 50% of the vote is fans, 25% of the vote is select media members, including myself, and the other 25% players, and players have goofy votes all the time. It's hilarious. Um, And then the reserves are chosen by the NBA coaches, and NBA coaches can't vote for their own guys. Right. So it's hard to predict which way the NBA coaches are going to go, but my view of it is— there has to be somebody from Brooklyn in the All-Star game. There has to be. Yes. They're a title favorite, and James Harden is more than worthy of getting in. So if if KD is going to miss the All-Star game because of this injury, then the Nets rep is going to be James Harden, I think. Yeah. So that takes one of the guard spots from Darius Garland, but it frees up a front court spot, in theory, for Jared Allen. That's how I view the Kevin Durant injury.
0: So, I mean, so it's for Darius Garland, if, if it hurts him, I mean, what is anything helping him at this point? It just seems like no, nope. no,
1: exactly. Nope. It's, there are a lot of factors working against him. Obviously, the way that he's playing is helping him. Yeah. The way that he has shined in the absence of Ricky Rubio and the absence of Colin Sexton and the way that he's contributed to winning is helping him. The Cavs being a surprise team in the NBA is helping him. And the fact that the All-Star game isn't in Cleveland, that's helping him. And I think his style helps him, too. Yep. He's a fun player. Right. He's the kind of player that can capture your attention. So coaches sure. have taken notice of him. Fans have taken notice of him. I think that helps. There's no doubt about that. But there are other factors working against him. DeMar DeRozan only being listed as a guard on the official ballot really hurts him. Because DeRozan's in. DeRozan's taken one of those guard spots. Yep. So that's a guard spot that could have been freed up for Darius if DeRozan would have been eligible at forward. That's working against him, obviously.
0: It's at this point, I think, you know, and you mentioned it. There's so many different factors. So you you said uh, before the podcast that you filled out your all-star ballot. Yeah um
1: I can only vote on starters keep that yes. right.
0: yeah exactly so it's like you know the starting the starting five I think the starters are pretty much already set I mean like yeah gonna, I think they're so, straightforward yeah I think they're pretty straightforward um and that's and and the rest of it is up to you know everybody else it's kind of weird that that's that's how the all-star the, you know the all-star voting works so like we said the other week I mean JB Bickerstaff on the phone, like trying to get his guys in. That's probably like he's got to. I think it's up to him. A lot of a lot of it is to just be like, hey, you know, to, to get, to get, if he wants Darius in, he's got to work hard to do it. Because you're right. I don't think it's a shoe in at this point. I think, um, I think it, it's more difficult than not.
1: The way that I keep phrasing it, it's the same way. It doesn't mean that this is the way that it's going to go. Again, coaches may think differently than me. But my view of it is there are more guards blocking Darius Garland's path to an all star reserve spot or wild card spot than there are front court players blocking Jared Allen. Right. Right. Which makes a lot of sense. So if one got in, to me, the most likely candidate is Jared, not yes. so much Darius. Yes. Because if you're doing the breakdown, both Chicago guys are in. DeRozan and Levine. There's two guard spots. Trey Young, James Harden. There's the other two guard spots. So now you're down to two wild cards, and there's no guarantee that one or both of those goes to a guard.
0: Right. Absolutely. I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the 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 fan votes now, and yeah. your your starters in the Eastern Conference. DeMar DeRozan, he's in. Trey Young, he's in. Um Giannis is in, Joel Embiid's in, Durant is out, but he's
1: going to be in. He's going to get voted yeah. in.
0: And he's he gonna should. Voted, he's going to be voted in, right? He's gonna and then voted.
1: he may get replaced by somebody yeah. with an injury designation, right? Do you think that would be Levine, or do you think that could be somebody else? But th- that's way later down the road. Yeah. So like, he's going to earn the All Star starter spot, right? And he's going to be quote unquote drafted or whatever, um, by these teams, and then later down the road, once it's decided that he's not going to be back or he's not going to be um, wanting to to push it in that kind of environment, um, then the replacement comes. So that comes from whoever doesn't get one of the wild card spots and whoever doesn't get one of the, the reserve spots. So down the road, like that could be Miles Bridges of Charlotte. Right. Or that could be Pascal Siakam of Toronto. Or right. that could be Darius if Darius doesn't get one of the twelve
0: available spots to start. Right. Right. I was I was looking more so in, in terms of starting lineup, but yeah, I get what you're saying for sure. Yeah. He, he, one, of those guys, like. and one, one of those guys that didn't make it, you know, potentially could because Durant will be out. But yeah. Um I wanna t want to ask you about this because this is I'm I'm just looking at this and uh, one of these things is not like the others. Um, Steph Curry, John Morant, LeBron James, Nicole Jokic, Cleveland's very own Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> yeah, you know, as vote being voted as a starter in the All Star Game. He's the eighth leading vote getter. What what do you make of this? Like, what is this about? Well, the front court spots in the
1: Western Conference. Paul George is hurt. Kawhi is hurt. Anthony Davis is hurt. Draymond Green is hurt. So where else do you go? <laughs> that's i, I guess <laughs> and he's having a really good year for the the second best team in the western conference
0: that's true i mean 18 points a game 60 uh, let's see 41.6% from 3 48.7 he's the
1: second yep. leading scorer for the warriors yep i think he's second or third on fourth on the team in rebounds i don't know what he is so I mean, I was filling out my ballot, and I was looking at the Western Conference front court, and I was thinking to myself, where do I go here? Obviously, LeBron and Jokic, but where else do I go? Do I go Rudy Gobert? Interesting. Do I go Karl-Anthony Towns? Interesting. I mean, help me out.
0: <laughs> where did you go? Did you, or are, you, are you keeping well, your
1: ballot? Are you yeah, keeping I'm, your keeping, ballot? I'm keeping it to myself until... Okay. Um, the ballots are officially due, which is Saturday night.
0: Okay, so we can ask you next week.
1: Yeah. So I guess I could go Draymond, right, because he just recently got hurt. Right. And the impact that he makes on the Warriors is invaluable. But that was something that I noticed right away, is just how many guys that you would want to vote, or you would normally vote in the Western Conference front court is... Have been hurt or haven't had the season that you expected them to have.
0: Right. Right. But they've I mean, obviously
1: yeah. got something in the water in the Bay Area to look how many votes. We has two point six million votes. That's five hundred thousand more than Trey Young.
0: Yep. Oh, I don't even I don't think it's San Francisco. I don't think it's the Bay Area. I think it's Canada.
1: Canada? Yeah, Canada. What, I think what are we doing, a South Park episode here?
0: Blame Canada. Blame Canada, exactly. We should. Well, I mean, that's part of it.
1: You're right. He is international. Yeah,
0: that's part of it. They're not going to vote for um, their other Canadian frontcourt brother and Tristan Thompson, I don't believe. So, no, probably not. So Andrew Wiggins is pretty much the, the likeliest choice. Um, and obviously, yeah, it, I think Canada would have something to do with it. But, you know, hey, good for him. I think he'll make the game either way, right? I mean, if he's... That close in the um in the starting, I think he'll he would make it as a reserve either way.
1: Here's the thing that I'm gonna ask you yeah they've they've classified this as guards in front court. Mm-hmm. So it's not center two forwards, two guards. Because yep. of that, do you think that gives me the freedom? And if you were in my position, would you be okay? with two centers as the starting front court of the Western Conference. Of course. Yeah, all right. Positionless basketball, come on. Okay. Cavaliers play three of them. I mean, that's the way that I'm leaning right now because it's front court. It it opens it up for me to have Rudy Gobert and Jokic because Rudy Gobert's impact on Utah, I mean, it is hard to quantify, no doubt about that. But.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, if it's if it's two categories front court and back court, you can have two point guards and three centers if you want i, mean, I don't yeah, that's I don't true think that's an issue if they're mm-hmm. the three best players like say if say in the east like i don't know uh, like uh, embiid and jared allen i mean say jared allen was having like an all-star starter type of season you could have jim embiid jared allen and another center right. in there i wouldn't mind that as long as you know as long as they're the three best players or the three guys that deserve it most or the three guys that fans want to see i guess yeah. I have no problem with you voting for that. That's that's perfect. It's pretty much how I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess we'll uh, I guess we'll have to see I'll have to see how it ends up. But certainly. But I certainly
1: have not hit submit on my ballot yet.
0: Oh, I thought you did hit submit. No. No, okay. no, no, no.
1: I filled it out.
0: Oh, you filled it out.
1: Filling it out. But well, then I wouldn't have even asked different
0: you different if you sub. I thought you submitted it. I wouldn't no, have asked you to I
1: don't do you. that until the last minute.
0: Got it. Is I've got to do as
1: much re- research as, as humanly possible. I take this very, very seriously, Hayden.
0: Well, that's good. As but I should. have the rough draft filled out. As you should take it seriously. I feel like, you know, I'm not going to call out names or whatever because I don't, <laughs> I don't I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I'm not that into it to know who's voting for what. But I think sometimes, you know, Hall of Fame voters or all star voters just kind of, okay, you know, this guy's having, you know, whatever. So I'm. I'm glad you take it seriously. I mean, I think the players take it seriously, so you should take it seriously, right?
1: Absolutely. Well, I don't know that. I don't know that the players, when they vote, take it seriously. No, no, just when vote they vote, for their
0: buddies. No, not when they vote, but like when they. I mean, they would want to be in the getting game. the honor. Yes, getting yes. the honor, they do. You're right they about that. Seriously. Yes. All right, Chris. Well, I know we got Cavaliers availability. Um, I am planning to be back covering the team on Monday against. Who are they playing on Monday? Atlanta? Is that right? No. Let's hmm. see.
1: Did you say Saturday is Oklahoma City? Saturday is
0: Oklahoma City. Uh, Monday is let's see. I'm pulling it up right now. Why can't I think of it off the top of my head? Monday is New York, York, I think. New York. Did you get Atlanta? I don't know. It's just it's always a good it's always a good guess. I feel like Cleveland's always playing Atlanta. (laughs) I feel like they're always just Atlanta. Well, well, they're not. I know they're not, but. It's it's always like if I had a guess between like the three teams the Cavaliers are playing it would probably be Detroit, Atlanta and like Indiana. Indiana. That would be <laughs> the three. Oh. If I just ran a, if, if I had no knowledge of the schedule and now they were like who are the Cavs playing? I think I'd say oh Atlanta oh Detroit or oh um or oh Indiana.
1: Well, two of the three are in the central so you're yes. right going that direction.
0: Yes. But otherwise, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I get Atlanta from. But anyway, they're playing the New York Knicks, so I will likely see you on Monday. Um, Otherwise, uh, enjoy the weekend and uh, enjoy the game tomorrow night. Cavaliers playing the Oklahoma City Thunder tomorrow night, 8 p.m. at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. You can watch the game on NBA TV. Also, I want to implore you to go to cleveland.com slash Cavs. Sign up for Chris's subtext, $3.99 a month. And what better time to do it? I know I say this a lot, but seriously, trade deadline time. You want the rumors. You want the insight. You want the analysis. You want the news. Go sign up. $3.99 a month. All you got to do is go to cleveland.com slash calves. Click the blue banner at the top of the page. Enter your phone number, and you are set to go. So like I said, 14-day free trial. Go get get, get it right now. Best time to do it in front of the trade deadline and uh, in front of the All-Star game, too. You know, maybe Chris will have updates on, um, you know, Darius Garland potentially getting a spot, Jared Allen potentially getting a spot. So, Chris, I appreciate you. We will talk to you soon. Um, Have a great rest of your afternoon a great weekend. And like I said, we will talk next week, and I will see you on Monday. Sounds good, buddy. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the Wine and Gold Talk podcast. We will talk next week. Have a beautiful weekend. Take care.